the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A good day, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend. I'm Dennis Prager. I always have a good weekend, but I had a specially good weekend this weekend. This was tightened by a machine, this microphone today. Forgive me with the noise, ladies and gentlemen. I am readjusting the mic. We're good. I was in St. George, Utah, speaking for the uh, Republicans in St. George. About a 1,000 people came. It was a, a maskless crowd. I think it's the first large maskless crowd I've addressed in a year and a half. Everything about it was normal. I saw nobody in St. George, Utah wearing a mask. Funny, shouldn't they be dying? I can't believe the death rate in in Utah and St. George specifically is not high. I read an article about the the terrible effects of masks on on life generally, on, on human perception of other humans. But it doesn't matter, because the question, what is the price, is never asked by the woke, whether in medicine or in life generally. What is the price? The second that question is asked, I know I'm not speaking to a leftist. They live in the simpleton world of masks are good. Oh, really? First of all, they're not good. They're useless, unless it's an N95 mask. Secondly, they, they do great harm. The human being is meant to see other human beings. It is a very, very important part of normal, healthy life. Normal, healthy life, however, is not the aim of, uh, of our fellow citizens of the left. A controlled life that has no that has no danger to safety. Safety, the God which we have worshipped. Had a great time there. It's interesting, it was 116 degrees, which is hot. And yet, it's so dry, that heat, it, it, it had, didn't have a terrible effect on me. It's harder in uh, Houston at 90, or Miami at 90, than it is in St. George at 116 just in terms of pain. <laughs> but uh, people get used to humidity. I don't. I get. I can get used to heat, but I can't get used to humidity. I spoke to a crowd, many of whom were, of course, LDS, Latter-day Saints, a.k.a. Mormons. Many of the folks there were, uh, were uh, Mormons. I established that by asking, raise your hand if you are LDS. And nearly all the hands went up. This is Utah, after all. And I am an LDS fan. 
the number of uh, wonderful Mormons that I have come to know, uh, the, the looking in as an outsider at, at their home life, like everybody else, Mormons being human have issues. Everybody has issues. You have issues from the moment you're born, which is why you come out crying. <laughs> Many people leave crying as well. So that, given that issues, family issues, and marital issues and whatever are, are ubiquitous, are normal, are the norm, let's put it that way, putting that as a notwithstanding, they have a wonderful family life. I met a, a really wonderful couple who had 49 grandchildren. And if you'd see them, I mean, they're... You might be picturing some guy bent over with a beard. He's a vibrant guy, vibrant life. I always have one question when people tell me that they have a very large number of grandchildren. Can you name them? (laughs) They laugh. And if anyone can name them, it's almost always the grandmother. I don't think I've ever met a grandfather who could name (laughs) 40 or more grandchildren. But it's, it's obviously it's a great richness in their lives. But I want to tell you one thing that I mentioned to them aside from telling them the high regard in which I hold them. That they need to be vigilant that LDS, Mormon Church, not be infected by the left and corroded from within as Protestants, Catholics, and Jews have been. Much of Judaism, much of Protestant Christianity, and much of Catholicism have been poisoned because a foreign religion has taken root in their midst. And everything the left touches, it destroys. There is no exception to that. There never has been. And uh, there was... uh, clear agreement with me that it is something that they have to worry about. And I even gave them examples of where you can see the beginnings of leftism and and its corrosiveness. And I gave two examples. I could give quite a few. One was when you start getting people who believe that that human life is threatened by global warming, that is an entree. It sounds, they, they, all, they all sound great in the beginning. Uh, you know, all, all we care about is the environment. That's the, how could that possibly be not consistent with a Christian message or, or you know, Protestant, Catholic, Jewish message, Mormon message? How could that not be consistent? And of course, we do care about the environment. I care about workers, but I'm not a communist. I care about the environment, but I'm not an environmentalist. Environmentalists, environmentalist activists are crackpots, are fanatics. And they are simply uh, panic mongers, the purpose of which is control. Because uh, they're all lying when they, when they tell you what, they, what they're saying. They believe they're lying, except you can catch them in a nanosecond. Do you support nuclear power? And anybody who believes that uh, global warming pr- 
actually threatens the existence, that's what existential threat means, it threatens the existence of biological life or human life and is not for uh, nuclear power, is like a person saying they're drowning, but they refuse the lifesaver that you threw into the ocean. I I actually, I I don't need, I don't like that lifesaver. I would prefer a different color. Then the person is not drowning. The person is faking drowning. They're faking existential threat if they're not for nuclear power. So that's one way that the Mormon church or any group can can see when the left has made a foothold, has gained a foothold in their midst. The that it begins that's one beginning. Another one is where in one equates uh, Israel with uh, with Hamas. That's another great, great indicator of there's rot, there's moral rot in your midst. He who cannot tell the moral difference between Israel and Hamas is a moral idiot. And when they gain any positions of influence in a group, that is a very, very bad sign. So, I don't know if the Mormon church will survive where Protestants... Protestantism, Catholicism, and Judaism have failed. Not all, obviously, by any means. But where the mainstream of each has been eaten by the worms and there is little left that is recognizably Jewish or Christian. Or Catholic, and Catholics are Christian. I'm just using the, the contemporary nomenclature. One eight Prager seven seven six is the number. So that's uh, that was one thing that I mentioned to this largely LDS audience in St. George, Utah, this past weekend. There is an article on masks that said exactly uh, what I had said. I will read it to you, but I want you to know how vindicated I feel. London Telegraph, one of the biggest epidemiologists in in America, professor of medicine at Stanford, said lockdowns are the single biggest public health mistake in history. Remember what Dennis Prager said well over a year ago, like a year and a half ago? We'll be back. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 583 
friends, I'm Dennis Prager, and I want to remind you, by the way, I may be wrong even about the N95 mask. I've seen a video uh, showing that uh, smoke, for example, can go right through it, and smoke is much larger uh, than uh, than the vir- a virus. Telegraph. Lockdowns will be seen as the single biggest public health mistake in history, a Stanford University professor has warned. Jay Bhattacharya, professor of medicine, told the Telegraph's Planet Normal podcast, there have been enormous collateral consequences. Ah, collateral consequences. This man is not a leftist. Of keeping people inside and isolating them from their loved ones during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, every so often I raise my voice on the radio. almost never raise my voice off the radio. Well, maybe, I wonder if I did it even once during my lecture uh, Saturday night in Utah. But I, I don't tend to. I don't like to. However, I have such anger and hatred, hatred, of the medical authorities that did not allow dying people to have a relative visit them because of COVID. These people are cruel. And please understand, most cruelty, most non-individual cruelty, I'm not talking about the sadist who, who you know, tortures a victim off the street. That, that's a relatively rare human being. But most cruelty is done in the name of some, some ideal. Doctors, uh, many doctors are cruel, many hospitals are cruel in the name of an ideal. What they have done to people who are dying, uh, I can only tell you, I said it at the time, I would have bashed down hospital doors and been arrested if a loved one of mine was dying. And they prevented me. uh, I thought masks work, by the way. Masks work, but you can't visit your dying relative. In other words, in the name of safety, uh, your, your relative will die alone. Ah, that's that is that's just that's awesome. Canada, which is a sick place, Canada is a truly sick, sick, sick place. It it makes America look open. You have no idea how despicable Canada has become in terms of draconian laws suppressing the rights of its citizens. Because nobody follows Canada. I do. It's an important country. I remember seeing a video of a uh, of a a woman, an old woman in a nursing home, who was not allowed to uh, even talk to relatives outside her window. I got I got to put that up. It's, it's one of the scenes of the last year and a half. Safe, but you'll be safe. We're keeping them safe. You want to keep people safe? Give them ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc, and vitamin D. It's it's a, a hell of a lot safer than masks. The medical profession has lost its credibility with half the population. And I am in that half. If the AMA says anything, I assume it's a lie. That's my view of the American Medical Association. It is as truthful as teachers' unions, okay? 
There is no difference between teachers' unions and the American Medical Association. There is no difference between the New York Times and the Journal of the American Medical Association. The rot is so deep, and all of this is new to me. I have been naive about how deep the rot in America is, because I love this country. It's too painful. It was too painful to acknowledge. I now do. If anything that was brought to the fore in the last year and a half, it is clarity. And you know I love clarity, even when, the, even when what is clear is awful. That's right. Year and a half. Let's see, what is this? This is almost July, so a year and a half. Six from seven is one, so a year and three months ago. Fifteen months ago, I said it was the greatest mistake in world history. And we have the single biggest public health mistake. Stanford University professor of medicine, Jay Bhattacharya. I think that future historians will look back on this day and say this was the single biggest public health mistake possibly of all history in terms of the scope of the harm that it's caused, said Professor Bhattacharya. Every single poor person on the earth has faced some harm, sometimes catastrophic harm, from this lockdown policy. Professor Bhattacharya gave the example of children who were abused at home who may have been unable to get the help they need during lockdowns because there were no adults present who could step in. In addition, many patients with serious illnesses or who may have had an undiagnosed illness have been reluctant to attend hospital over fears of catching the virus, he said. All of those kinds of harms, I think, even from the very beginning, were going on. And yet we closed our eyes to them because we were so scared about the virus and so enamored with this idea that the lockdown could stop the virus. However, there's a good chance that if he says that, YouTube will take him down, Twitter will take him down, Facebook will take him down. They lie on behalf of the every establishment. They're, they are... They say... This is medical misinformation. In other words, any doctor, no matter what his or her credentials, who differs with Fauci or, or the NIH, is not science. Fauci said it. You differ with me, you're anti-science. Wow. That, that's uh, got to be a leftist to believe that one. The Dennis Prager Show. Don't you get tired of commercials screaming at you to buy gold now with inflated promises on future values? In an unregulated industry, you need honest, real experts to give you solid advice to protect your wealth and top picks on the best coins and bullion. As environmental policy becomes a hot topic, one precious metal that's been significantly undervalued for years is potentially set to surge. Nick Grovich, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has long recommended this precious metal up to 600 thousand ounces of this rare metal will be needed by 2030 to produce green hydrogen. Nick is doubling down on this pick, and you should too. Call Nick at AmFed Coin and Bullion to find out more. I've been friends with Nick for years, and he's my go-to guy when it comes to coins and bullion. I trust him. That's a very big statement, by the way. 
Call Nick at 800-221-7694, 800-221-7694, AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. Good to be with you. I'm telling you, the if, if you'd see the list of uh, printouts for me to report to you on, it's really, oh, uh, it's something uh, to uh, behold, the damage being done to this country. Never has a country committed suicide. It's sort of like America, for, for the leftists, America's too good to be true. You want to hear hate? Put on this woman. Who Who is this woman? Uh, and uh, Sean... Who is this woman that, uh... oh, good, fine, there we go, excellent, excellent, I love it. Dr. Aruna Kilanani, K-H, so that would be her, but we don't say her in English. Dr. Aruna Kilanani explains why she said there were no good apples among white people. This is Mark Lamont Hill, and this is on, uh, what, what is this on? Black news tonight, okay? There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. When you say there are no good apples out there, uh, yeah. what do you what do you, what kind of claim are you making? I'm talking about. By the people- way, hold on one second. The question is hilarious. What kind of claim are you making? He he is on the same moral level as she is. Uh, but I was not familiar with her prior to this. She is, is she, by the way, is she at Yale? Is that correct? She's, oh, she spoke at Yale. Let's find out. Uh, i got to give a background of this uh, woman. Uh, I love that question. What kind of claim are you making? When you say that there are no good apples among whites, what is the complexity that demands an explanation? Are you making a claim with regard to delicious apples? Macintosh apples? Is, is that the question? What kind of apples are you referring to? Can, uh, can a white man eat a red apple? Is that cultural appropriation from Native America? What, what is his question? Instead of, I can't believe you would make such a comment about tens of millions of thoroughly decent human beings. If somebody would say there are no good apples among blacks, that would be the end of their life in America outside of outside of biological death and maybe biological death. Uh, yeah. what do you what do you, what kind of claim are you making? I'm talking about people have this idea that um, racism is something that if you're consciously racist or if you're a clan member and I'm sort of making the claim that racism is something that is unconscious. Okay, so here this is this is of course this is the left wing one of the thousands of lies in which they live. So you're an unconscious, you're unconsciously racist. So I have a question as an author of a book on anti-Semitism and one who was taught uh, Jewish history uh, at the college level, Brooklyn College years ago, the Department of Judaic Studies there, and written books on this, as I said. So let, let me assure this fool that there are... 
that Jews have never had the problem of unconscious anti-Semites. <laughs> Jews were slaughtered in Europe. Slaughtered. Okay? Uh, not, uh, not held back from their proper proportion in TV ads. Slaughtered. Children, babies, adults, grandparents, industrially murdered by conscious anti-Semites. Get it? There's a big difference between a conscious hater and an unconscious hater. I don't know what an unconscious hater is. You don't, You hate me, but you don't know it? It's this, it's this staggering, staggering lie that every leftist believes. The moment you know this is a lie, you've ceased being a leftist. You've graduated into becoming a liberal. Which only means you're weak and naive, but not evil. Racism is something that is unconscious. Unconscious. There's that. It's amazing, isn't it? Was it unconscious among the people who lynched the blacks? Was it unconscious among the people who traded in blacks? No, they were conscious. And as I said, Jews would would have been thrilled to have unconscious anti-Semites in Germany and Poland and Hungary and France. God, God, you, you have to be college educated to believe this crap. Hi, everybody. This hatred which permeates the left, left-wing institutions from Yale to the networks. This is what, uh, what does BNT Black want? Black what? Not what? Black news tonight. So this, uh, I didn't look this up. I need to, I need to get a, a uh, an ID for you folks. Aruna Kilanani, and that person. Hmm. Okay, that didn't work. This is a woman. Here we go. A root, New York City psychiatrist. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. MD. Psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. Aruna Hilanani's Manhattan office permanently closed. New York-based psychiatrist who were in massive outrage over her Shoot White's lecture. Oh, she's the one who spoke at Yale. Oh. Uh, she's a real, uh, she's scum. She's just, she's just a hateful, yeah, we played it last week, yeah, sometimes I imagine killing a white. So, of course, shooting white people in the head, that's the same as killing them. But, yeah, that was what she said. So this, of course, makes it to, I guess, black TV, okay? If you say that, you deserve to be a guest on black TV. By the way, I hereby invite myself onto black television to discuss uh, the amount of hatred of whites that is allowable in black life. It is an amazing thing. Uh, It is pure, undiluted, and undeserved hate. That's all it is. But the leftists being all cowards will never say that. 
they foment the hate against whites. And that's, uh, that's it. That's the way it works. So uh, this uh, Aruna Hilanani makes it from Yale to Black News tonight. What if it's, there's no Black News today? Mm, but it's the same BNT. And this another giant, Mark Lamont Hill. Racism is something that is unconscious. Unconscious. Just remember the next time. Uh, how come haters of blacks don't know it, but haters of Jews knew it? Not, it's an, it was, what, it's, it's an interesting, different form of hatred, isn't it? God, if only Jews had to deal with unconscious anti-Semites, six million of them would be alive. The You have to understand, if you get a, an advanced degree in anything, it means nothing. It means you studied hard. You don't understand how many fools, how many morons get advanced degrees. It doesn't say a thing about your ability to think clearly, your decency, your character. <laughs> I was brought to California by a wonderful human being who was 50 years older than me. Dr. Shlomo Bardeen, who was the founder of the Brandeis Institute. It was actually, that became the Brandeis Bardeen Institute. And Justice Brandeis was one of the founders. Anyway, I was brought to California at the age of 25 to be the director by a 75-year-old man. He died the week, uh, the week that he publicly appointed me a successor. It was very dramatic. I didn't even know he was ill. But anyway, uh, he used to say, he, has a, he had a somewhat thick Russian accent, he used to say, you know, it is very possible to be a Ph.D. and an S.O.B. This, this is something this man said uh, a generation ago. But somehow, P- Ph.D.s venerate Ph.D.s. Most non-Ph.D.s have a clear understanding that it tells me nothing about you other than you studied hard. That's all. And uh, this woman is an example of it. So next time you hear unconscious racism, ask the person, were the anti-Semites in Europe during the Holocaust, were they unconscious anti-Semites? Go ahead, please. And it is actually in everyone, and everyone uses these words systemic. They're like, you know, I, I, you, I'm, I know that racism is systemic, and yet individually when you call them out, they'll, they'll be like, well, it's not me. You can't say that. That's and right. So That's exactly right. Yes. It's not me. You can't say that. That's correct. You're a hate-filled human being. You're a liar and a hater. That's all you are. The fact that you are on black television is a disgrace to black television. Go on, please. And so there's a disconnect between use of the word systemic and saying that racism is everywhere. But the moment you pointed out individually, there's sort of people disown. Well, it isn't everywhere. That's part of the lie too, Kilanani. Mark Lamont Hill. It's not everywhere. 
I got a great proof of that. It's my column this week. Why, why have millions of African blacks and Caribbean blacks decided to move to America? And 10 million more, if not 20 million or 30 million, want to move here. And ask that to your liberal or left. That's, that's a question to ask both. If America is systemically racist, are black Africans who come here in the millions idiots? No Jews move to Germany. Again, the, the example with the Jews is really, really telling. Jews didn't move to Germany in the 30s because Germany was systemically anti-Semitic. For that matter, blacks didn't move to Germany either. But uh, what about that? Do you think every black who comes to this country is an idiot? You have to. You can't have it both ways. Why would one move to a place where they will be hated? From a place where they lived with no whites. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody, Dennis Prager here. Didn't get a chance to take any calls. I will now. West Covina, California. Jeff, hello. Hi, good morning, Mr. Prager. Nice to speak to you. First time. Thank you. Yes, sir. I was invited yesterday. May I mention the location? Yeah, of course. Santa Anita Horse Track in Arcadia, California. Right. With my family. Yep, beautiful place. I've been there. Yes, it is. Just before the first race, they asked everyone to stand to honor the uh, national anthem, the flag. And my daughter and my wife and I all stood up, and alongside, equal to the American flag, is the gay pride flag. My daughter asked me, Dad, why are they flying that flag? And I was thinking, you're right. This flag represents a subset of people's way of behaving, and the American flag represents the nation. There was no other flag but those two flying, and I felt like I was being forced to celebrate. Of course you were. (laughs) Exactly what you were. (laughs) Even if one supports uh, gay rights, uh, it is just a leftist arrogance. Same as uh, the embassies, the U.S. embassies abroad. The biggest embassy of the United States, the one in London, put out BLM flags, Black Lives Matter flags. Put out hate organization flags. The left has taken over almost everything. They just impose their beliefs. How come when when conservatives were were more uh, dominant in the United States did they ever put up a flag in addition to the U.S. flag? I'm just curious. At Santa Anita Racetrack? I can't, I can't think of one. <laughs> this is, this, this, that is classic. That is just classic. It, it, it really doesn't mean anything. It, it, people have become inured to this stuff. What, what is somebody going to do? See that flag and say, oh, you know what? I really was wrong. Men do give birth. What, what do they think will happen if they raise that flag? And anyway, nothing should be raised along with the American flag. That's, that, that's just the way it is. We'll be back. <laughs> 